if you say, hey, man, I'm having a party this weekend, you want to come, and that person goes, yeah, I'll try to make it. What do you already know is going to happen? Bailing. Yeah, I'm coming. What do they said? I'll be there. Then you expect them to be there. That's it. Hi, everyone. Chase here with another episode of the High Level Spotlight Sessions, where we showcase incredible marketers doing incredible marketing. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Mike R.C., an entrepreneur, speaker, coach, and advertising professional who owns Loud Rumor, which is a seven-figure advertising agency for fitness studios and independent gyms, currently doing over a million a month right now, Mike? Yes, about a million and a half. That is insane. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Mike, how's it going? Going good, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, Crazy day over here, but I was really excited that I got to spend a lot of time watching your videos this morning. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, um, you are blowing it up, man. I'm very impressed. And I think what came across most to me was that you clearly love sales, which for (laughs) a young agency entrepreneur, a lot of our community members, I think can be really scary. So can you talk to us, how do you fall in love with sales? You get good at it, like anything else, right? Like if you're good at the piano, like you just wanna play every time you see a piano. If you're good at the guitar, you wanna play every time you see the guitar. If you're good at singing, you know, you're singing. So you got to get good at it. It's the same thing. You take it, you know, my son hated basketball when he first got out in the court, he would just stand there, but he hated it because he had no confidence in it. He wasn't good. He had no skills around it that gave him confidence. So once we developed skills around him and he started doing things that made people kind of like go, whoa, and he saw results from it. He not only, uh, it liked it more, but he liked it more to where he practiced better because he tied that to it. So because he practiced better, he got better faster. And because he got better faster, he practiced more. And it just became this thing. I think the same thing goes for anything in business, sales, marketing, leadership, culture, money. Um, I love all those things. I love sales, but I love business. And uh, I'm falling in love more and more every day with all the things about it. Clearly. I mean, that's a great point. And I think confidence, like you mentioned, plays a big part of it. As you build your confidence, sales gets less and less scary. Um, so as you get good at selling, you, you grow the work that you need to fulfill, right? Which means you need to start growing a team. And I think a lot of agencies really suck at hiring because they, they've never seen how it should be done. And I saw you talk about hiring and, and your process and it was really impressive. Can you give us a little insight around that? Yeah. Well, first, I mean, we got, I think 50, I think we just got to 50 employees, um, like this week. Wow. And I just met a few of them for the first time today. They were hired on a few days ago and <laughs> there were six employees that had started two weeks before I got to meet them. And it's a really cool thing because um, we're growing very quickly and we're getting a lot of the right people on board. I think, you know, you hear people talk about uh, like Warren Buffett says, you can't buy time. You can buy anything else in the world, but you can't buy time. And you kind of can, um, but you just can't buy your time back, right? Like I can't go back and say, hey, I want to go back to 1998. But what I can say is, all right, well, man, making these calls and these follow-ups or running these ads, that's going to take me this many hours, that many hours. How do I buy that time so that I can have those hours yet still get those calls made and still get those ads ran and still get everything done? Um, you, you buy time. And how you do that is you invest in the people that have good skill set and a desire for that. And you go ahead and put them in there. Now, I think what a lot of people do is, they think about what they should pay in accordance to what the market typically pays for that. Even employees do that. When in reality, you should be paying, it's okay to consider that, but I like to say, what would it make me and how would it help this business? 
to have somebody in that role of that skill set. And so I would say a good portion of our people are overpaid when it comes to what the market says they should be paid. Right. But they're very appropriately paid based on what I believe they're able to do for the business. So I'd rather pay more for someone uh, and get somebody that's got both skill and character. I think that's a big thing too. A lot of people are like, man, if you have to pick between character and skill, always go for character because you can always teach skill, but you can't teach character. And you're right, but you don't always have to pick between skill and character. The problem is skill and character filled people aren't applying on Indeed and you know they're not looking for jobs on all these sites. They've got a right. job. They're valued. Yeah. They're well and they're getting treated right and uh, they feel confident where they're at so you're gonna have to take people and a lot of the better people that we've got here have come from us recruiting and getting people to come and see why it'd be better to work for us and um, that's great because now you got skill you've got character and you've got somebody that's got a new like reinvigorated form of energy because it's like this new place and they come in with these ideas that were used to leverage another company and now we can leverage it here it's like pro sports, right? Teams overpay all the time, but they have that need and it's worth getting that guy because it feels, you know what I mean? Yeah. A basketball player should be paid six grand a year or six million a year, but LeBron, I can justify 40. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So as you grow your team, culture becomes more and more important. And I heard you say something really interesting where you actually have banned a word at your company. Yeah, we don't say the word try. That doesn't exist. Yeah. It, <laughs> Tell it, us it, about it, that. It's, it's a sales killer. It's a confidence killer. So we don't say it here at all. Um, but let's go back to basketball. We'll go back to sports. Let's say you were the coach of a basketball team and you worked your ass off all season to get to the, the playoffs. You worked your ass off all playoffs to get to the championship game. You've been dreaming of this moment. Here you are, the most important game of your entire life. Come down to the last three seconds. The other team just scored. They're up by one. You've got the ball. You call a timeout to game plan, right? And now you go, crap, we got three seconds and we're down by one. We need to make a shot. We only have enough time to make one shot. And you got two players on your team that have been consistent for you all year long. They're just as good as each other. They've been just as reliable, just consistent, great attitude. Everything's equal. In fact, there's no difference. You would think they're just multiple carbon copies of each other. And you go down, you look at them and you go, all right, guys, what do you think we should do? The first player goes, coach, give me the ball. I'm going to try to make this shot. And the other coach, the other player goes, coach, give me the ball. I will make this shot. Who are you giving the ball to? Of course. You already know? Player, which one? Player of course, B. player B. He's going to drain that. But, but in reality, they both have the same odds. They're both statistically the same. They've been just as clutch, just as everything. You're telling me that your entire decision was easily made off of just one word? Because every other part of that sentence was the same too. So the same thing goes when I'm in a sales pitch, you know, hey, so one of the things we try to do with our clients, one of the things we try to have our clients do, you know, what we're going to try to do on Facebook, you know, we always try to blah, blah, blah. That's all BS. You don't want to say all that, right? Here's what we do. Here's what we will do. Here's how our company helps. Here's what you can expect from our company over the next 12 months. Now, if you are going to use a T word, you use it with your competition. So what kind of stuff did XYZ company try to do with you? So they were trying that and it just didn't seem to work. What other stuff did they try? So when they tried that, how to go? Are you confident in it? And so what you're doing is you're casting the weakness on them. You go, got it. Well, that don't make sense. Here's what we do at our agency. Here's how we do it. Right? And same That's thing when, genius. You, when you're communicating with your team and your team communicates with each other. Hey guys, we're going to try to get to 
you know, uh, 5 million a month by the end of the year, or guys, we're going to get to 1.5 million. What ideas do you have? Yeah. Super subtle. But when you think about it, it's a drastic difference in the way that you're portraying it leaves, things. It, it leaves open for failure yeah. without you having to be accountable for it. I only committed to the try. I didn't commit to the result. <laughs> you know, if you say, Hey man, I'm having a party this weekend. You want to come and that person goes, yeah, I'll try to make it. What do you already know is going to happen? Failing. Yeah, I'm coming. What do they said? I'll be there. Then you expect them to be there. That's it. Right. So, so that word's banned because it's a, it's a weak word that speaks to the subconscious in a very negative way. Wow, that's super interesting. So I, I know we're on a short time frame. So tell me at any time, you know, give me the shot clock. I've got uh, two more points for you. One is um, as a former operator, before I joined the high level team, I was the operations manager of an agency. And it, for me, it was all about systems and processes. And I, I heard you talk about your operations guy and his first thought is, uh, how are we going to build the system for that? How are we going to make sure it, it executes properly every time? Can you talk about that? Like how important that is to have someone like that in order to scale? Yeah, we've got Rob. He's our COO. He used to be our VP of operations. Prior to that, he was our agency fulfillment manager. And he worked his way up all the way from an account manager. So he got promoted four times along the way. That's his first question is, you know, I, I'll come up with an idea. That's my job, right? And, and we all come up with ideas. Uh, but that's my, that's their account, like my job, right? Is I've got to, there's not too many things I'm responsible for here at this company anymore. One of them is you've got to be able to create a vision and come up with some great ideas because you got the freedom to do so. We'll go ahead and make that vision a reality. That's mm -hmm. what they, right? And um, so a lot of times I'll come with ideas and his mind immediately goes to, wait, hold on, let's create a process for that. If we're going to do this, that means this isn't going to happen anymore. Or, well, if we do this, then we're, we're going to have to stop this. Or, you know, we can do that, but who's going to create this process? Because nobody knows how to do any of those things that you just mentioned. Which is super important because, um, <clears throat> give you an idea of how it affected us. Before we had systems and processes, the average account manager was managing 15 accounts. So what that causes us not to be able to pay our account managers enough money to where competition wouldn't be able to take them away. Um, because you know, they were getting paid an amount that was equal to or probably even less than what other agencies would be willing to pay them for, for the skill set that they've earned at our company. However, we've since with processes and systems, we've been able to be able to find a way to deliver even better service, a better experience with higher NPS and net, net promoter score from our clients and be able to have account managers manage up to 60 accounts. Some manage a few more. Wow. Now, what that does is it allows us to pay them four times more. And probably now, still have more margin. A competing agency is a very difficult, has a very difficult time taking this person away because they look at what they, what skill sets they have on paper mm -hmm. and they go, yeah, I can't pay you that. I mean, that's double what I would even consider paying somebody that's great. And you want double that. And, and for, for our company, it's our systems and process that allowed us to pay them double because they can do triple the output of what the average person can do. It's a great point. And I think it reminds me of a book called Rocket Fuel that talks about that tandem. There's usually the visionary and then there's an operator who sort of keeps everything grounded. And it sounds like you guys have that going on. And most of the top, top companies in the world have a dynamic like that. Yeah. It's scaling up calls it the implementer. Traction calls it the integrator. Yeah. Um, they, all, they all have their own terminology, but yeah, it's, it's an important duo, you and that one other person. Exactly. 
So can we talk for a second about figuring out what and how much you're going to sell? So I heard a clip that sort of got cut off. It was in one of your promo reels, I think, where you said you want to take the average of your best customers, the ones that you could multiply over and over again if you could. Was that in reference of like building your offering, going after what you oh, want? Well, yeah, I guess indirectly, but it's, it's, a, it's I don't want to, if I could, just like you, right? You have that one client that you're like, man, this guy's awesome. I wish I could have like a thousand of them. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the guy that you want to understand really well. Um, and then you want to build your business around that type of person. Most often people do the opposite. I'll tell you what I mean. So you want to find out what does this person already know? What is this person excited about? What kind of reporting does this person personally prefer? Um, what kind of communication does this person prefer? Not just in frequency, but in type, you know, is it email, text, video, whatever, um, phone call? Um, what things do they want to have their company start adding? Is it Instagram, YouTube, Waze, Google? Um, what, what stuff are they interested in? What are they reading? Uh, who do they follow? Who are their influencers? Can I interview those people on my podcast to get them even more feeling close to them? Mm -hmm. You know, all those things. Because now it's hard to leave a company that to them has it all, right? There's no weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So it's not only important to multiply your best people, but it's also important to keep because it sucks when you lose at one of those people, right? You're like, no, not him. Take anyone, but not him. Yeah. So how do you do it? You give them a company that has it all. It's hard to leave that because now everywhere they go, they're going to be sacrificing at least a couple things, right? Mm -hmm. So, but on top of that, it allows you to be able to draw in more people like that person because you have things that that person most wants, that type of person. Now, on the other side, what people most often do, what they do is they find a way to create systems to not necessarily hang on to the best people, just the people that are the squeaky wheels, the ones that complain the most. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, oh man, people are starting to ask for reports that have this, this, this. Well, people aren't. There's like a one or two people that actually did, maybe. Great point. And and that person isn't even the ideal member. Yeah, but we still don't want to lose them. Yeah, we don't want to lose them. But we don't want to attract more like them either. <laughs> so, you know, not necessarily because what happens is you start building a company for all the squeaky wheels that are not good fits. Now you start creating more of a company that isn't necessarily what your best players actually want. And so now there's even more reason to stray because they don't like this part of it. They don't need this part. They find this irrelevant. They find this annoying. And you did it all for these people. So uh, there's a really great book called The Pumpkin Plan that okay. really gets into it. It's by Mike Michalowicz. We had him on our podcast as well. He's fantastic. Uh, that, that really taught me that lesson. The same thing with employees. A lot of times you'll have your best employees. You want to find out what they really want and what makes them tick um, and spend time with them, more time with them. So when an employee wins MVP here, which is like employee of the month every month, I go to dinner with them to learn more about them because they're on fire right now. If I want to talk to somebody, I want to talk to the person that's on fire and yeah. fire in all cylinders, not spend time with the people that are struggling, right? Because this person's going to give me great ideas about what we should start doing, what, should we, what, should, what should we should stop doing, what we should keep doing at the company because her ideas are probably pretty good. And what most people do is they'll go, oh, well, what about McKenna? Should, should we meet with her? No, McKenna's a rock star. She, she's good. She's, she's never going anywhere. She bleeds green. She's great. Okay, what about Rob? Rob's, dude, Rob's good. Rob's good. He knows what to do. He's great. We need to spend time with this person, Sally. Really? Why? She's struggling. We got to make her, otherwise she's not going to figure it out. We're wasting money every time she doesn't do this, right? So you spend so much time on Sally's 
And truth is, Sally's potential isn't as high as McKenna's. Right. And so even if you get Sally to her potential, it's only a fraction of what you'd get if you put, you put it into McKenna. And so you're all, it, it's like saying a sports agent. Does a sports agent want to work with a LeBron or do they want to work with the, the guy that's okay? Right. They want to work with LeBron because he has a higher potential to be able to develop a bigger output, even if this person at his max potential can't reach LeBron's max potential. Right. So you great point here because these people will pull you up. They develop faster. They learn quicker. They improve things faster. These people here usually can't pick it up as quickly. And sometimes they just don't pick it up at all. You're hundred percent. Oftentimes the squeaky wheel, it's like, Oh my gosh, that person's freaking out. We need to change how we're doing everything. And it's like, no, you don't want to build your processes around the yeah. worst case scenario. Exactly. That's a, uh, that's a great point. So Mike, where, it, like I said, you're blowing up right now. And um, wh where can people get more of you? Where should people go if they want to learn more from you or find you speaking live? Are, are you on tour right now? I am. I'm doing a tour. Um, so I, I'm always wanting to find a way to increase profit, right? That's my goal. And last year, I spent $150,000 on travel between client meetings, between um, conferences that I go to, um, between events that I speak at or, or, at, or just attend because I want to learn whatever it is. And, uh, and I bring my employees with me and then we get the hotel costs, we get the flight costs, we get the food costs. We've got all the costs of me buying food and gifts while I'm there. So we said, okay, this year, how do we, how do we not spend so much on, on all that cost, but still be able to do all those things. And what we decided to do was every day I get messaged, you know, probably two to three times a day on average, some days, maybe seven or eight, but I get at least daily, I get a few messages from other agency owners that have seen maybe the same kind of stuff you saw and they just kind of want to learn some stuff. All ranges, mm -hmm. right? People that are just starting, they've got no clients or a couple of clients, so people that have already got a hundred. And um, what I've started to do rather than not being able to help because I don't have the one-on-one -on -one time. I just don't. Sure. Um, so I'm like, hey, I'm at this penthouse already. Like, well, it's a hotel, but then what I do is I rent a penthouse when I do the floor so there's more room and it's not weird. We're not sitting on my bed, right? Right. <laughs> So I'm at a hotel already. I'm here. I got four kids at home, but I can't hang out with them because I'm here. So why don't I just do every city I go visit? I'll do like a time slot for about three hours while I'll spend time with agencies that want to come learn from me. And That's so they cool. come to the penthouse, they get to meet with each other. We've had like, you know, I think up to 10 or 12 people in, in one of them already. And uh, it's great. They become friends with each other. They learn from each other. Um, we still keep in contact and um, it's, it's really cool. So I, you know, I charge a thousand dollars per ticket. Mm -hmm. It'll be the best thousand dollars you ever spent. I mean, you basically have to ask yourself, can I get one client out of that? Right. Right. Cause if you're charging a thousand dollars a month, like first month you make it back. If you're even charged for $500 a month, all you gotta do is keep it for, for two and I'll teach you how to do that too. So um, the idea is, can I, can I make a thousand dollars or more back? And, and you, you'll make a lot more back than a thousand bucks. So we do that. And then for anybody, any of your listeners, um, Chase, what I'll do is I got three programs. I've got a, um, an agency GSD member group. It's a Facebook group where every week I go live on Tuesdays for about an hour and okay. I answer whatever questions people got. So I'll give everyone in your group a free month of that. So it's basically four sessions that they can have where they can ask you whatever questions, you know, and I'll answer them all. Nice. Um, I'll also, um, I've got two courses. I've got one, how to build and scale your agency. Um, it's an awesome course, about six, seven week segments. And, uh, but you can six, seven weeks if you go in that order, but like you can get it done in a day if you really want to, but I'll give it to, uh, I'll give it to everyone for free 
as well for 30 days uh, in your group. And then same thing for Vid Machine, which that's how I got my first 150 clients is through this Vid Machine. Uh, like strategy, I kind of called it Vid Machine. There's no real name for it. But, um, but yeah, so there's a course on exactly step-by-step -step how I did that. And I'll give that. So all three of those things I'll give for 30 days free access to. Uh, all they got to do is come buy a ticket, see me on tour, and, um, and then we're good. And where do people go to get a ticket for you on tour? Uh, they can email Kelsey at loudrumor.com. So it's okay. K-E-L-S-E-Y at loudrumor, L-O-U-D-R-U-M-O-R.com. And um, she's the one that's managing all that for me. And do you know where you're going? Like, what are the next upcoming cities? Um, when does this come out, this episode? Probably, uh, good question. Probably early March. Or, okay. Yeah. So I'll be in Austin. I'll, I just got back from Nashville. I'll be in Austin. I'll be in Vegas. I'll be in Miami, uh, LA, New York. Um, there's a lot of stops. I don't, I don't nice. exactly know off the top of my head, but Kelsey can answer those questions really well for you guys. Awesome. So my last question with all that travel, how were you able oh, to get to Phoenix in our office? What in Phoenix in our office? Okay. You guys are based in Phoenix. Yeah. Cool. So my last question is with all that travel, how the heck could you get so good at playing the piano in a year? Yeah. And coaching soccer <laughs> and basketball and all the other stuff and hanging out with my kids and my wife. Um, you shouldn't be running a company. You should own a company that runs. And when you own a company that runs, I probably spend on a great day, maybe an hour working on my business in a day, maybe just getting emails. That's about it. No meetings. Um, in a rough day, like today's a rough day. It's about six hours, right? Just meetings and some work I'll have to do. And after that, I'm free. Why is that important? It doesn't mean that I'm not investing in the business. I know you got people that are listening to probably Gary Vee fans. You're like, oh, he's all about grind, grind, grind. And I'm all for grind, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be as good as I always was if I just keep practicing what I've learned and I need to learn. To me, spending time with my kids uh, makes me a happier father. And because it makes me a happier father, it makes me a happier person. And it gives me more joy to read and go do the work. And so I don't fight it. It's almost, it's fine. I'm excited to. Um, playing the piano, uh, my memory skills are fantastic through piano. Uh, my ability to just learn, I'm, I'm practicing how to learn right at the end of the day. And I read a lot throughout the day. Um, I'll meet with mentors. I'll give them a call, check in with them, see how they're doing. Um, I watch a, a lot of like podcasts and listen to podcasts. So for me, I spend probably two to five hours a day just kind of learning and learning something, whether it's business, piano, always business, but definitely piano as well. And the rest of the time, um, rather than doing what I learned, teaching what I learned so people can do what they've learned from what I taught them. That's fantastic. And, and I think Gary Vee would back you up. You know, he, I know he just says that if you're not feeling fulfilled, you know, you're not going to be any good to anybody else. But I think what you're saying goes back to the importance of processes, right? There's no way you can step out of your business if, if you don't have processes for everything that other people can you yeah. know, take, the, take the reins. Yeah, I agree. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. I really love the idea of the penthouse hangouts. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. It's fun. So, I get to know people after two. So even after we kind of have a little bit more of a connection, so we just spent three hours together. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's good for relations. I built some cool relations from it. I think that's a great idea. So yeah, if you're, if you're in one of his cities, I, I can't recommend highly enough to grab one of those tickets. It sounds like an awesome opportunity. So thanks awesome. again, Mike. Uh, we'll see you soon. Good luck on the road.
Sounds great. Thank you, man. See everybody Appreciate else in the next episode. See you guys.